It's up to you. summer of 2001, and I'm a few months past my 30th birthday. One of the many gigs had come to a close just before the Memorial Day holiday. In my young spirit, I was craving for change. I felt it deep in my soul that it was time. Time for a new beginning. Time for a new city. New York, that is. And after much discussion with close friends and family, I decided to make the move. Even if it ain't all it seems, I got a pocket full of dreams, baby. I'm from New York. Concrete jungle with dreams are made of. There's nothing you can't do. Now you're in New York. I found a quiet place in Brooklyn, started looking for gigs, and yes, I was going to make things work. That first summer in New York was epic. With one of my gigs, I got a chance to see over 20 Broadway shows, worked on a few small productions around town, and got a chance to date my long-distance boo up close and personal. While coasting along in my new hometown, I got the most blowback from my mom. She thought I was impulsively moving away just to get away from her, and she was right. Then toward the end of August, an unexpected death of a beautiful soul. I remember hearing Aaliyah's More Than a Woman track on repeat via KISS FM that summer. And after she passed away in a plane crash, Aaliyah's untimely death rocked me to the core, and I didn't understand why. Maybe it was because I had been a fan like millions of others. Maybe I wanted to continue to see where she was going to go in her career. Maybe. If a single death like Aaliyah touched me so deeply, there was no way any of us was really responsible or ready for what happened on that fateful September day. It's 8.52 here in New York. I'm Brian Gumble. We understand that there has been a plane crash on the uh, southern tip of Manhattan. You're looking at the uh, World Trade Center. We understand that a plane... Where were you when that moment became that statement? Now, ladies and gentlemen, please direct your attention to the microphone behind home plate and welcome FDNY firefighter Regina Wilson. She will now sing... God bless America. God bless America. My home, sweet home. New York firefighter and friend to our show, Regina Wilson, recounts the sacrifices made on that day. Fire Engine 105 was one of the first responders to the call there in Lower Manhattan at the Twin Towers. Wilson was asked by a fellow firefighter to switch on that day. This switch saved her life. 105, um, the engine was crushed and um, all of the members of 105 died um, during 9-11. I had swapped tours early in the morning with um, John Chapora and um, I was assigned to work on 105 that day. Today, we are remembering and reminiscing with actor and comedian Jonathan Keaton and our executive producer Michael Womble as they recount the events of 
They had marriage on their minds, but the world was dealing with something else. I'm Valerie Johnson, and this is a special edition of Interludes. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production. We would like to thank our local title sponsor for supporting Interludes A1 Pestmasters. This episode is brought to you by our national sponsor, Montevia Coffee and Tea. And now, all the way live from the south side of Chicago, give it up for your host, Valerie Johnson. Jonathan and Lisa Keaton have been married for 20 years. Their anniversary date is September 14th, 2001. Here's Jonathan and his groomsmen, executive producer Michael Womble, talking about their experience leading up to the events of 9-11 and wedding plans. Hey guys, this is Valerie Johnson and welcome to Interludes. We started this journey back in 2020, and this guest was one of our first as comedian and actor and just an all-around nice person. I am great, grateful to talk to him on this day, along with executive producer Michael Womble. The three of us have something in common. I went to the same school. Jonathan, yeah. hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? How are y'all doing? Doing well. Doing very well. All right, yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Man. And I decided it was wonderful to talk to Jonathan because he's coming up on a very special anniversary, a wedding anniversary. And, uh, and yeah. I, uh, him yeah. and Lisa have been married for 20 years. Now, if you know, know what happened 20 years ago, I'm going to go back 30, I'm sorry, 55 years ago. My parents were married on September 11th, 1966. Didn't know wow. that date. Okay. Didn't realize that date was going to be something phenomenal. Thirty-five years in the mm -hmm. future, in twenty twenty and twenty and two thousand one. So, Jonathan, you got married twenty years ago, and then Michael was one of your groomsmen. You were a best man, right? Groomsman. Groomsman. I was you in. The, I was in the party. You was. I mean, in the you party. can't really have a party without me. So I was in the party. Oh yes. Michael was the party. That's he was the party. He oh, was wonderful. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep those stories to a minimum. But yes, <laughs> that's a different podcast. We, we, yeah, we, that, we, that's we a different podcast. podcast. That, yeah. that is that is a that beverage was, podcast. Yeah, no, I, I was uh, I was very lucky and, and blessed to have the people beside me during that time that I did. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, even if it was like a regular time, it was just I I just was lucky to know a lot of really good folk um and then for everything to go down like it did to have those same people at my side was pretty amazing so it was good walk me through your love story with you and lisa what why did you all pick the time in september to get married 
Um, it was a combination of both what we liked and uh, what was available. And that's just the truth. Um, <laughs> uh, it was what we could afford, um, which is why we had picked a Friday originally, because that was uh, more affordable than a Saturday, uh, significantly. And at the time, it was, you know, two young folks getting married. So we did that. And the idea of like a fall wedding where it was a little bit cooler, so everybody wouldn't be, you know, boiling in there suits or, or, or dresses yes. or whatever or tuxes or dress you know um especially those tuxes yeah yeah we had a long duster cut tuxes because i like that and yeah, I know yeah. tails so we had those like long duster cut and i like yeah. that i like to do the whole nine so it was a straight up like tux tux very like, fitting we could we we, we we look like uh fine album covers we could yes. have made a few, few different r&b records yes had had had, had, had uh cell phone videography been then what it is now yeah there, yeah. there would have been some short films dropped that day it would have been oh, definitely, been definitely. Um, some top ticks and TikToks. yes sure. yes all them all the the, the ticking and the talking would have happened kids y'all don't know <laughs> we'd have done all it and we would have i know i know for a, we wouldn't a just spell tech with just a t-i-k we'd have put the c in there okay that's how real we was we'd have added another letter mm-hmm Couple of them pictures, I know we definitely look like Color Me Bad. So yes, TikTok, you don't stop. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's why we we chose that and um, and the the venues that we did and uh, you, you know, it, was it on was, a Friday? Was the wedding on a Friday? It was on a Friday, yes, sir. It was okay. It was on a Friday. Okay, so Friday and the date was Friday, September the fourteenth. Yes, 14. Okay. So that's okay. the day you were scheduled to get married to beautiful mm. Lisa was on yep, the 14th. So, yeah. Michael, you were traveling. And what day of the week were you traveling? Yeah, so I, I think I went out on who I want to say it was a Tuesday. Now, I, I, I got to do the math now. Let me do the mm -hmm. math real quick. So uh, Friday's the 14th, mm -hmm. not Friday the 13th. That's another way to remember it, isn't it? There you so go. It was Friday the 14th. 13th was a Thursday. I I can well, tell you was definitively Wednesday. what day Mike was there. It was. Um, it was, yeah. Okay. It was Tuesday. It was on yeah. Friday. But so September 11th happens on a Tuesday at that time. Yes. Yes. Um, and we might get into the story later, but I'll give the, the rough outline right now. Obviously, with all the chaos and, and nobody knowing what was happening with the planes and everything. But a friend of mine, uh, Mike Womble, who was uh, far East Coast at the time. Um, and Mike, you can tell the story about trying to book the flight because that's still one of the stories that just amazes me. Can't get the flight. Obviously all the airports shut down. And this is how you know that you're blessed to have certain friends. He then immediately gets a car, rents a car and drives from the East Coast, the Chicagoland area in one night to be there for the everything that we were doing that Wednesday night. And that's just, just boom, 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 did it, showed up and we're like, and then he wrote this amazing article, which I maybe we'll get into later, I don't know. It's still posted on my wall about his journey of driving from the East Coast to here. Um, but in one night, you know, knowing that what was happening in the world and knowing that, you know, some longtime friends of his were getting married and we're kind of going through everything. He's like, I'm gonna be there. And that next night was there. That's that's how you know you get you get lucky and blessed enough, folks. You you know I mean, 
it's it's interesting because you, you're saying like you picked the date because you know you're trying to avoid the heat. You picked the Friday because it was less expensive. I picked the Tuesday to leave. I was working at um, the the Daily Press in Newport News, Virginia, which mm-hmm. was a paper still somewhat exists. I uh, was part of the uh, the octopus of media known as the Trib- Tribune Company. Okay. So at the time I was part of Tribune, which meant that when you looked at employees of Tribune, it was me, uh, Sammy Sosa and Dusty Baker. We all worked for the same company. That's right. Uh, which is <laughs> like, you know, nut and Bozo and Bozo. Don't forget Bozo. So, ah. so we all work for the same company. So I'm trying to minimize my days off because I only had, I had just started at this job uh, in April. So I had to come in interviewing with these, I almost called them that, something different, these wonderful individuals. So I had to come in interviewing with them, telling them like, look, I know y'all, I want to be hired and you want to hire me, but in September, I'm going to be gone for like a week, okay? So just know that going in. And it's like a week? Uh, Well, maybe four days. (laughs) So that's why I worked Monday. Because I was cutting down the absolute mm-hmm. days I needed to work that week. So that's why I didn't leave on Monday, September the 10th. I left the yeah. next day. Okay. So I'm thinking, okay, I'll get in, you know, midday, Tuesday, check in, and then Wednesday we'll just start, you know, going at it. All right, great. So that morning I found the cheap, I mean, I found the cheapest flight out, of course. I don't know who that must have been. Southwest, probably. I think it was Southwest. So I book it out of BWI, which is Baltimore, Washington International Airport. So I drive from where I am in Virginia, which is like, you know, almost the coast of border of Virginia and North Carolina, mm-hmm. up to Baltimore that morning to get on the first flight out of Baltimore to Chicago. And I'm in line and I'm waiting in the line and the line's not moving. And I've been up for a long time to make that drive. Um, I'm like kind of anxious. I want to make sure everything's good. And do you, remember, do you remember what time it was when you were yeah, waiting it was in like line? about eight. It was about eight or so Easter. And I think it was eight or so Eastern. And we just kept waiting and waiting. Yeah. And there was nothing going on. And then it got around nine. And we were still there. We should have been on the flight. We should have been uh, boarded this flight. And finally, I look around. And I'm like, what's going on? There's somebody that's working there. And the guy just turns to me and he says, look at the TV. And I look at the TV. And that's when I see the second plane hit uh, World Trade Center. So already when I looked at the TV, they were already covering the first one. And that's when the second one hits. And at that point, it's like, oh, I knew pretty well that I guess I'm not flying today. And um, what I didn't realize was that no one would be flying for three to four days in America. Because mm. we looked at the second, I looked at the second plane, I'm like, oh, well, that. That's a that's a horrific accident, and then they, and then they were saying, well, this was the second one that went into a, a building. It's like, well, wait a minute, that, that's too much of a coincidence. And yeah. at that point, we began to hear sirens 
in the airport and then security is coming out just physically and verbally pushing us out of that airport. Like, mm-hmm. get out. You got to go now. It's like, it's like, go where? It's like, out. out. So yeah, they, they cleared the airport and we're out of the airport. So just standing outside. I'm frantically calling my job because I'm a reporter. You know, it seems like this is newsworthy. I'm calling them like, hey, I'm at the airport. What should I do? Do you need me to talk to somebody? You need me to do something? You know, I'm here. And my editor, God bless his his soul, says, uh, you're on vacation. Uh, we'll take care of it. No big deal. Okay. And that's wow. what I said, John. I said, John, I said, okay. I'm, I mean, I mean, look, I can't yeah. beg you to make me work. Right. This. Right. I'm figuring this is probably like one of the top like all hands on deck kind of situation. Uh, uh, right. Yeah. Of all time. Yeah. And you're like, we got it. Like, do you really? Because I'm in an airport and I can talk to a number of people and get yep. this perspective, but you don't want this perspective? Okay. All right. And I clicked and I just turned that phone off. I was like, I ain't calling work. That I'm done with that. So at that point, I had to leave the airport, had nowhere to go. It's like, where do I go? Oh, I know where I go. I'm gonna go where I was gonna go in the first place. So I had to get my get to the car, get to my car. I'm like, uh, I'm having to get it out of the airport, which was not the easiest thing to do. So I'm mm-hmm. literally running, trying to get to my car so I can be one of the first people out before the crush of people mm-hmm. all exiting. If you can imagine, if you can imagine everybody at O'Hare all leaving at once. Yeah. Or hearts feel your insanity. And, and, yeah, insanity. Right. So we get, so I get out of there, and I just start driving east. I've made that drive from Virginia to Chicago a couple of times already. I knew how to do it, and I just made that trip. What I didn't know is that when I got to Pennsylvania, that I would run into some more trouble. Um, I'd had the, the the radio on and I was listening to it, but when I tried to go through Pennsylvania, there was a problem. I kept running into roadblocks and and, and detours and redirections. And didn't you hit some storms as well? I did. Yes. Yeah. No. You're right. Yes. The, the weather wasn't great that day. But at the same time, this wasn't weather related. I was like, why are we getting rerouted here? So what I didn't realize and came later to understand was that I was driving in an area of Pennsylvania that was not very far from where Mm -hmm. the fourth plane had crashed Mm -hmm. into the ground. So they were blanket, like clearing out that area. So I had to kind of drive almost the length of Pennsylvania as well as the width of Pennsylvania to get out of that state. And they wanted no one anywhere near that. Just the level of fear, I guess, or just right, whatever it was. So it was it was a very uh, long trip. Much longer than it had ever been. <laughs> yeah. Let me let me let me jump in here, John. Uh, Jonathan, what were you doing at the time everything happened? 
Um, so that day I was working for a marketing company at that time. And so I was doing my usual routine, you know, get up, get coffee. And I always had on sports in the morning. So do my usual, watch my sports, turn it off, driving, and th- had thrown in a CD. So I wasn't even listening to the radio. Oh. I'm just, you know, mm-hmm. I'm to my own music, driving, get into work. And it was one of those, or I had that moment where there, you know, you're used to the same kind of amount of people being at the job when you get there, if you kind of get there on a regular basis. And I get there and it was real light and there wasn't a lot of people there. And I was like, did I get here? Did, I, did the time change? Right. Why, why is there nobody here? So I'm sitting at my desk. It's still like nobody. It's like, you know, five, 10 minutes late. There ain't nobody walking in. I'm like, what the hell is happening? And then what time did, did you get to work? That's that's always important to figure that I, out. I don't know. I, all I can tell you is I know I got to work between the, uh, I got to work after the first plane had hit. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, so I'll rewind real quick and then I'll get to where I know that. So usual routine, I get to work. The same amount of people aren't there, are usually there like every day. I'm freaking out thinking I got to work early. Did I set my alarm clock? Is my watch broken? I don't know. Then somebody comes racing out of their office and goes to the lunchroom. So I'm like, okay, what's that all about? I follow them to the lunchroom and there's about, you know, all the regular people are there and they're just sitting there like looking. And what was crazy at the time is people hadn't realized it was a terrorist attack yet. So, mm-hmm. and they hadn't, I guess, at least the group of people I was with didn't know what size plane it hit. So they just said a plane hit the tower, like, man, some kind of crazy pilot, you know, Da, 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 da. everybody's like kind of talking but it was not like this like panicked thing because it was like and so everybody's just watching it and i go in there and now more people are getting in there from work and we're all kind of like yeah something hit you know and that's we're all watching and that's when that second plane hit and they went there's a terrorist attack and that's when the room got real quiet and then everybody just said Voom, and get their stuff from their desk jumped in their cars and went home like it was it was just it was it went from like kind of like lax of days school, not joking, but just like, huh, this is weird too. Oh, and everybody broke and went home. So obviously this is three days from the wedding. So now I know like, I know Mike's supposed to be in the air. My dad is supposed to be in the air. Um, my, well, one of my close friends, childhood friends worked for United and was supposed to be flying that day. Um, so we're now it's a scramble of trying to figure out who's where. And of course, as you all know, like, lines phone lines are blocked and down everywhere you can't get through to anybody and at that time they weren't sure how many planes were going to go down so you were hearing six planes eight ten you know it was all over the place and we we knew my dad was at um at lax because he was there for a conference so then they're like yeah we think there's a plane headed to california so now everybody who can we're all trying to call him like if they haven't told you to get out of the airport, get out of the airport. We can't get through. I couldn't, I finally got, I don't remember when I got a hold of Mike. I just know eventually we got a hold of you. And then we found out like, you know, Mike was okay. My dad wasn't in the airport. So he got out of the airport and my buddy flies the route that hit, I think tower one and had traded that route for that week to be at the wedding. Now, I don't know if he'd been flying that exact plane, but that's his route. And wow. so it was like those kind of like, you know, crazy. In fact, you know, like Mike was in the airport in line to get on a plane. When had you gotten a flight an hour earlier? I just, you know, 
So it was all kind of um, crazy, just crazy things like that. And I don't know if y'all remember this. Like, I remember Tuesday was so chaotic. And then Wednesday and Thursday were just quiet. It was it was the weirdest, creepiest quiet. Like, yes. TV was quiet. Radio was like, nobody knew right. what to say. Like, we've had a lot of other things. But even, like, your regular shows are still going to play on your cable network. You know, every, you mentioned everything. Sports. I, re I remember that. Yeah. That's one of the things I remember because I was I had the radio, so we had the radio on trying to get any type of news. And as you're driving through, you know, this is before like I had satellite radio. I didn't have anything like that. I just had whatever was local news. Mm -hmm. So some of those areas like uh, Pennsylvania and uh, you know West Virginia and some of those places, they ain't got real stations. Okay, so the yeah. only thing that was really consistent, you said you mentioned sports, was ESPN. Like ESPN had a strong enough signal where I could follow ESPN in different states. Now, on the surface, that sounds like, well, what sports were they reporting that day? None. None. It was news. Okay. At first, I think it was still Mike and Mike were still on the on the air yep. at that point in time. Yep. So Mike and Mike realized pretty sure that Golic was of no use. And it was just going to be Greenberg. And Greenberg tried to do his best. Uh, his best uh howard cosell or you know mm -hmm. you know like live event news stuff and they pulled that and they went right to abc news and abc news started to broadcast off of espn given that that's their company so they just started playing news on espn there was no sports uh talk that day um I forgot I talked to you on the phone, man. That's so weird. Because because my phone, you know, this is so, 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 John, I mean, one of the reasons we're talking about this now is that, um, and I'm glad that Valerie wants to do this, is that there are a bunch of people, you know, I see them in the classrooms every day. My oldest kids is seniors. They were born before, now after me, after 9-11. Right. They don't know any of this. All of this is history. Yes. So, you know, when you go like, well, you remember how it was. It's like, no, we remember how it was. That's true. They yeah. don't know. No. You know, and the books aren't really books anymore, right? They're web pages or or articles. Or specials, so yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're trying to catch up with this thing that happened and now 20 years have gone by. And you know, you know, oh, what do they know about what happened? They know that it led to a war that just ended. Yes, that's about it. Yes. And as far as this other things that the three of us take for granted as, oh, remember when that happened? Remember that happened? They have no memory of this yeah. and no understanding of it unless someone takes the time to stop and try to explain it to them. And then you have to make the case. Well, why is it important? Look, hey, I go to school. I, I get up every day. I no consequence to me. I'm not scared of that happening. You know, I'm more frightened of the people that live in my own country than I am of somebody outside the country coming at me now. So you yeah. have to explain Wait, why so, it's important. And, I, and oh, go ahead, Val. I'm sorry. No, no go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I was I'll just saying, come after you. You guys can speak to this a little bit more. One of the things I thought, you know, now in hindsight looking at it is how just infuriating it is that America dropped the ball after September 11th because I, you know I talked about how quiet it was the following days but and I remember Val calling you like a couple months later and we were joking about this but like 
that those following weeks is probably the only time in my life where everybody just kind of shut up and chilled. There was you didn't have a lot of this. Definitely politically, you didn't have a lot of the going back and forth. But even even those folks that regularly gave you the side eye, those folks you usually had something to say. Like everybody just kind of shut up and chilled and was like, "Yeah, you good? All right, I'm good too. All right." And everybody was cool, and and then I felt like once that like you know we're no longer gonna call it French fries, we're gonna call them Freedom Fries, and we're gonna go in Iraq and all that, and that just it took what was already like this level of crazy, and then it it dipped to like a low, and then that sent it to like this stratosphere. Um, stratosphere continued, yes, and that's why you know like a lot of like. During the last, you know, the, the years of Trump and everything, people are like, oh, I can't believe this. I'm like, why not? Because if for those of us who have been around, you're like, no, I remember, because I, I distinctly remember that change and just the attitude of folks like that following year to once the the shock wore off. Um, mm -hmm. And I remember just being disappointed. I was like, you know what? You know, for a while, everybody had kind of learned how to be cool for a minute. And then now we're, now, now when we back to stupid, it's worse than it was before. All I do is far from done. No, you're not the only one. Revolution's here to come. Tears will fall and men will die. Gap fevers open wide. Kills the soul but not I want to um, jump in because for the both of you, uh, you were kind of away from what happened in, mm -hmm. uh, in New York. And in June, I had made the decision to move to New York. So I was there. And what's, what's um, I like doing laundry. Oh, I love doing laundry now because laundry saved my life. I was mm -hmm. trying, I was getting ready to start a job that week and I was I was thinking, well, let me go ahead and um, do the laundry so I could see what clothes to purchase. And I was getting ready to head into uh, New York because I lived in Brooklyn and where I lived in Brooklyn was not too far away from the shore. So I could actually walk to the shore and look and see lower Manhattan. Um, I was watching television and doing laundry and they interrupted George Bush. They were interviewing him on like the Today Show or something. And then they cut away to uh, Lower Manhattan, and I remember thinking, "This that's not happening. This is this is not happening." So I stopped my laundry, packed everything up, put it in my put it in my um, my um, my house, my apartment, and I took my camera and I walked down to the shore, and I saw two buildings on fire, and I was like, "Oh, this is happening. This is crazy." My mom tried to reach out to me, but this is when I had a landline, so my mother was able to reach me on the landline, not my cell phone. Wow. And her thing was, I need you Land to leave lines. New York right now. And I was like, that's not happening. Yeah. And the other scary thing was I was dating someone who was a former Marine, and he uh, worked at the World Trade Center. He was a security supervisor. And they usually would ask him to work longer hours, longer shifts. And he was like, I don't want, I'm not working a longer shift this today. These buildings ain't going nowhere. And unfortunately, he lost uh, about 12 of his coworkers um, that perished with the, the towers. And there's too many stories that I knew of 
of someone just barely missing something or they they, yeah. they left the building to go get glasses and I yep. think that's what the memorial and stuff was about in New York but I instead of me running away from New York and as you all said you know the weeks after things had kind of changed I remember my commute into uh, Manhattan because I worked in Manhattan was usually noisy and people would, you know, they would have, um, you know, panhandlers and stuff. None of that was happening. Yeah. It was a very quiet, quiet train ride. A lot of times, and then unfortunately, the smoke rising from the buildings being down lasted anywhere from six to eight months to a year out. Mm. I'm so grateful that I was thinking about going to help, but a lot of the people that were assigned to help and help clean up they ended up developing uh, cancer in the lungs and many unfortunately ended up passing away. So I hate I hate to think that September 11th like made me a New Yorker, it like baptism by fire and that's that's kind of how I felt cuz after that we had a blackout, after that we had an MTA strike. Right. Hurricane Ida. Da, 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 da. We had crazy things happening in New York, but I knew that um, it taught me how to survive and, and, and eventually thrive in such weirdness. Mm -hmm. And what I will say, um, race relations, if anyone wore, I, I want to say, uh, Michael, help me out with this. So, yeah. So turban. So, turban. yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyone so, that wore wore that, and and they weren't Muslim. It could it could have been they no, were yeah. they're, they're sick. Middle Eastern. They're Sikh. Yeah, mm -hmm. Sikh. S i k h. That's that's what they were. And and I was covering religion at the at the uh, Daily Press at that mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And so, John, when you talk about that fallout those weeks yeah. after, it was hell for the Muslim American community that, that was in our area, as well as the Sikh community mm -hmm. in our area. Because those folks, they wear turbans, they have a different headdress, they have beards, they grow out. They're not Muslim. Nope. They don't follow Islam, nope. but they were being targeted by the stupid. Yes, they, they were. were uh, one gentleman lost his life that week he was killed in his driveway i remember this that was i think was in california if memory serves me correctly um but they were being targeted because people thought they're them headdress and them muslims but they weren't and but to their credit they didn't say we're not muslims stop targeting us they said we love you stop targeting anyone anyone you shouldn't be going after people because of their religious beliefs if you are the americans you say you are the ones that will never forget that are bonding together then you say that you are a union of the many to one yes e pluribus unum right mm. so so it doesn't matter if they were muslim or not you were here and they are here to be american and you are here to receive them as fellow Americans. So I, I, I love that they never they never went out and said, stop going after us, we're not Muslim. They're Muslim. They said, stop going after anybody because we're all children of God. Yep. And that's how they approached it. And I thought was that was really 
really beautiful. And I know, Valerie, you know, I'm talking about something that I read about. You know what you saw, too. Yeah, there right? was a gentleman who was with the same head headdress on the train, and there was some kids that targeted him and threw either paint or something resembling blood on him. And a mm. uh, black guy walked off the train and looked over at him and says, how does it feel to be the new nigga? And he walked off the train. And I was like, this is crazy. We had people come over to him, including myself, to say, are you okay? But he, he was in tears because I didn't know that that community was affected that deeply mm. behind that. Because all, all the faces of all the people that conducted those terrorist attacks, they were released in the in the in the news especially when all of their identities were you know confirmed yes um, and so it's just it's very disturbing what i will say uh, september 11th has now gone on to be the national day of service and remembrance of 9-11 it's to honor the people that worked uh, many firefighters and police mm -hmm. officers lost their lives on september 11th and trying to direct people we had the pentagon that happened um you know, Michael, with you being and trying to fly out of Baltimore, one of the attacks happened there, as well as one attack was thwart, was was knocked out of the way, and that plane went into um, into Pennsylvania. But the the one thing I will what I, one thing that I will say to kind of wrap this up with Jonathan and Lisa, when you all have anniversaries, how do you go about remembering your your special day? Mm -hmm. Ironically enough, September 11th, well, the September 11th, doesn't factor in um, as much outside of a story. And, mm -hmm. but the reason why is specifically, again, kind of going back, circling back to what I said before, is because of the kind of people we were surrounded with. Yeah. When everything happened, we legitimately said we should probably cancel the wedding then, because a lot of people can't fly. And this is, you know, no tax, and it's a day more. And no what doing right now, we had everybody, no way we're gonna friends, let that family said, the hell you are. Y'all are not canceling a thing. Val, we made a bubble. Dude, this, the, NBA, the NBA learned from us. The NBA yeah. learned from us in that in that in that year when they went into the playoffs. For real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We made a bubble out there in Naperville and said, this is the wedding and everything else going on in the world can bounce off that 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 Wanda vision bubble, right? Mm -hmm. Just bounce yeah. off of that protective shield, that that Wakanda shield, bounce off, because everything in this bubble is wedding and we are happy. We're now, all happy to be here. This is the place we decided we wanted to be. Okay, so it wasn't it wasn't like uh, I just wandered in here. Well, I was thinking about one more. Now I'm not too sure. Oh no, oh no. You, if you were there, you were committed to being there. Oh yeah, percent to to the band, right, John? Yes, to the band, to the band that made to the band that made it on, on time. <laughs> So my dad did make the ceremony because he was the efficient of it. Yes. A friend of mine who had never met my dad, dude, long blonde hair, drove an old van because he was like a uh, he did like a lot of woodwork and everything. A friend <laughs> he of mine, like the van down by the river. Yeah, he did. He drove, he drove the van down by the <laughs> river. Uh, so 
like like once we figure out like my dad like we found out literally the, the morning of the wedding that my dad might just might be able to make a flight there through all these things so there's nobody to go get them because you know we're also a little there's fewer people and we went to my friend and we said hey chuck man look go pick up my dad from there he goes what does he look like we said he looks like me he's just taller with glasses <laughs> and and we go to my dad we go my friend chuck is going to pick you up my dad said Who's that? I said. We said he looks like Jesus in a van. Cause they're like long play with it. He looks. Yep. He looks like white Jesus in a van. All right. So yep. Chuck was looking for an old version of me in glasses. My dad was looking yep. for white Jesus in a van. <laughs> Amen. And you, and you know, cause you know they have the airport locked down. So Chuck's like, I don't even want to circle. Cause I'm driving an old van. <laughs> no right. But he, he he pulls up and they see each other. And he's like. You Chuck and he's like, "Are you Mr. Keith?" He's like, "Yep." <laughs> Jumps in, boom, gets there. I think it was like five minutes before the church doors opened, and minutes. and it was incredible. It was incredible. That, yep. that was um, God. That was God yes. working oh. on your behalf, big time. Yes. that was God. Yes. I got yes. the picture somewhere. I took yes. that picture. Oh, wait, of the, of the two of them embracing out in front of the, of the church. It was amazing. Like, mm -hmm. I can't believe any of this. Any oh, of this actually happened. So this is going to look terrible, it. but this is the article that might It was called Plans Not Lives Hijacked by Terrorists. And it was written on, mm -hmm. um, it was written by Michael David Womble for the Daily Press um, on October 27th, 2001. So there. So one of the things that September 11th taught me is this. Is that and this if this extends to any wedding, and I've told this to uh, friends and family since then. If you want to see true power, true power, have a bride and her mother request anything a month or less out from a wedding, and watch people just you know, they be like, I need this, and like we can't do it. This is the bride and her mother; they really need it for the wedding that's coming up. They're like, let's see what we can do. Like I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> So Jonathan, thank you. <laughs> Michael and I thank you so much <laughs> for coming back and making us yeah. laugh. And to talk about such a sensitive topic, 9-11. Happy anniversary to you and Lisa. I thank you on behalf of myself and Michael. Jonathan, hey, what have you been up to lately? I teach at Steps Dance Center. So they uh, we started a theater program there and the students I got there are pretty amazing. So we do, um, all three levels of improv, beginner, intermediate, advanced. We're going to be doing an adult improv class soon. Ooh, okay. Teach stand-up classes there. Um, and then a lot of acting for the camera classes. So if you just go to stepsdancecenter.com yeah. um, or, uh, you know, give them a call. And, yeah, that's me. Or, yeah. And then if you just want to see, you know, me, jonathankeaton.com. I haven't updated the website lately, but I will. Next time on Interludes, hear an oral history about the first national monument in the city of Chicago, a celebration of African-American history and American history on the next Interludes. Have you seen it? It's the weekly chat with EP Michael Womble and Valerie Johnson. Interludes Extra presents Talk on Tuesdays. Join us as we break down the latest topics surrounding music and movies and politics every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, live 
on our Interludes YouTube channel. Interludes, original concept by Valerie Johnson, written by Michael Womble, produced by Valerie Johnson and Michael Womble. Original intro and outro music produced by Kendall Nesbitt. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production. Brought to you by our national sponsor, Montevilla, the natural weight loss coffee and tea brewed with MTC oil and Ramon seeds. For more information and to purchase Montevilla coffee and tea, please visit linktr.ee forward slash pure light media. Our local title sponsor, A1 Pestmasters, for all your exterminating and pest control needs, call A1 Pestmasters at area code 773-365-9962 or visit their website at a1pestmasters.com. When you book your appointment with A1 Pestmasters, tell them that you heard it first on the podcast called Interludes. To subscribe to our YouTube channel or join our Interludes Facebook group, visit the website linktr.ee forward slash purelightmedia.com. <laughs> <laughs>